Welcome to What's the Difference? Stories about lives changed because you made a difference. Brought to you by The Mount Church. Here's your host, Pastor Andrew Segree. Well, welcome to the ninth episode of What's the Difference? We create this series because we believe that Jesus is still making a difference today. So with each and every episode, we're going to ask the question, what's the difference? What's the difference that Jesus is making in you and through you? And we're going to sit down and talk with everyday people just like you and just like me. So no matter where you're listening from today, now we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everyone's podcast. So make sure you hit that like or subscribe button so you never miss an episode of What's the Difference. And today for the ninth episode, I'm so honored and so humbled and so glad to have with me on Officer Sergeant Larry DeBella of the Spotsylvania County Sheriff's Department. Sergeant DeBella, welcome to What's the Difference. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. You know, man, um, we're going to get into talking about um, what you've been doing and what the Sheriff's Department has been doing for Spotsylvania County. In fact, I lived in I've lived in 10 different counties um, over the course of my life, and I've actually never seen a sheriff's department do as much for the community as your sheriff's department does. But before we get into all that, um, as we often like to do, and we just want to get to know you a little bit. So why don't you just take a few moments and say, hey, maybe where you're from, and then how did you even end up in this area? Well, absolutely. Well, I was actually born and raised in Tucson, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, I came from a lower income family. Uh, one of many children at the time. How many children, if you mind me asking? It started with four. I think there's like 14 of us now oh, wow. spread across the country between half-siblings, step-siblings. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I don't get to connect with all of them as much, but I come from a very big family. Yeah. Um, my parents divorced young, and at the age of eight, my dad put me on a plane, flew me across the country to live with my aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. I wasn't getting along with my stepmom, who now is one of the most important people in my life. Yeah. But um, I've come to find out there was a reason for that, and uh, God used that. It was actually the best thing that's that's happened to me, um, and it's I've gotten to have the experience from coming from both sides of it. Um, yeah. So that's where, uh, as a military brat, because she was in the military, my mm-hmm. aunt, um, I, we've moved around. We moved to Alaska, loved the place, um, moved back and forth with my parents in Washington State for a period of time, um, and then around my ninth grade year we moved uh, to Woodbridge Virginia mm-hmm. and from there I went on to start my life and my family we settled down here in the area and uh, I've now worked for the sheriff's office for 14 years yeah and for the last 11 years I've been a school resource officer in our schools yeah awesome man very good that's man first of all to think 14 siblings I can't even imagine I have four kids right now and that already seems like too much I love my children though but uh I want I know you're a follower of Jesus and you know in the middle of that man moving all around the country um you know coming from a family that divorced um, all these different siblings in the middle of all that when did you know that Jesus was first pursuing your heart and when did you become a follower of his so Jesus has kind of well, let me say I have taken kind of the wide view. When I was younger, uh, when we first moved up uh, to Woodbridge, uh, my aunt took us to church. We yeah. went to church. We went to Bible study. We did that. Um, that was through my high school years. Um, so I believed. Um, my actually first memory of, uh, of, of church was when my, my parents separated. Uh, my dad, who doesn't go to church, still doesn't really go to church. Mm-hmm. I remember him walking with me. I 
never forget it and kneeling down in front of the church in the in the lights in front of the church praying that my mom would come back yeah um, my dad was praying that my mom would come back mm-hmm. um, that didn't work out and it wasn't later till my life that I realized sometimes the things that we pray for sure. are not always the things that God wants for us and yeah. there's a reason um, that we know that God uses all things for good even the negative things yeah um, so that's kind of where it started but really as I went through life and working. I used to work for PetSmart, and then I worked for Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to do the right things. I felt like I was doing the right things. I was a good guy. I was going to work. I was don't drink, don't smoke, mm-hmm. you know, not going out partying with my friends. I'm trying to commit to taking care of my family and my kids. And, and my first marriage didn't go right after 14 years. Um, tried, tried to make it work, and I finally got to this place in my life where I, all of my best works wasn't working. Yeah, everything I could do wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Doing, being the good guy, the dad, all of that, it wasn't working. And it was in that place that God found me and told yeah. me, "You need to go to church." So one day I woke up, I told the church kids, uh, "Hey, we're going to church." Yeah. They're like, "What?" Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know, sometimes there's a there's a picture that I shared on Facebook that day, in my shirt and tie with the kids. We're going out to church, uh-huh. and you know. Sometimes that's what we see when we look on Facebook. We see, oh, look at them. They're mm-hmm. they're all holy mighty. They're little did they know that was one of the darkest days of my life. Mm, yeah. um, but I needed that. Yeah. I needed that to realize that your best works aren't enough. Yeah, um, it's good to do all those things, but I had separated from the faith of relying on Him to provide. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, is what it took. Yeah, and. Since then, um, we've continued to go to church. We've tithed, and as we've done that, God just continues to give back. As as as, as a kid, I always felt like, no, church is about getting your money, but the Bible says that trust me with this and yeah. tempt me in this and do it, and I will not give back to you abundantly and be above everything you could ever ask and imagine, and every time he does. That's good. Um, and he's been there. Um, I'm... Since remarried, we both came into our marriage with um, with children, and then we have our own. So we have quite a few. We still have a 20-month-old, a 4-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 15-year-old in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have our hands full and, and busy. Um, but it did. It really took me getting down to the bottom yeah. after I tried everything that I could, I felt, mm-hmm. for him to, to. But that's what it took for me to have to look up, Yeah, that my best works weren't enough, and since then, everything's been different. Yeah. I mean, that's so good because that, you know, sometimes I think people still think when it comes to following Jesus, like you, first of all, when you come to him, you have to have it all together. Uh, you know, some people think that you have to already, um, you know, be reading the Bible or already be like this perfect per- person. But really, in the middle of our brokenness is often the times where God meets us and he shows us who he is. And he shows us that he is the one, he is the way forward, right? He's already gone ahead. He is the good shepherd. He's the one that can lead you through this dark valley that you're going through. And I I love it. Like, I love it when people get to that point and they realize, look, Jesus really is the way, the truth, and the life. Like, he is the one that I need. So I I love your story. I I love that, man. And um, so, okay, so I heard a little bit about some of your job history. So PetSmart and Walmart, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, man, when did you for, first start thinking that, hey, I, I want to become a police officer? Like, when did that happen? 
So I'll be honest, coming through my childhood, I, uh, we had a lot of rough times in my childhood. Mm -hmm. And um, thinking back to that, it's hard to believe that I would ever been become a police officer. Yeah. Um, but I've always had this patriotic part about myself that wanted to give and give to our country. Mm -hmm. The truth is that I was too selfish to make the sacrifices that our men and women of the military do by being able to be deployed. I couldn't imagine being overseas and missing the birth of your child or yeah. to be able to pick them up and put them to bed. And, you know, I'm so grateful for, for their service. And while I couldn't bring myself to do that, I felt that at least I could serve my local community yeah. and their families to keep them safe while they are gone serving our country. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I chose to go into law enforcement. And unlike many people who apply to many different places and have a hard time getting in, I applied to one. Mm -hmm. um, I took a pay cut to leave Walmart mm -hmm. to come do this. Um, but there was a reason it all went down like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know now, sometimes in the moment, we don't understand what God's doing. Sure. Matter of fact, most of the time yeah. in the moment, we <laughs> yeah. don't know what God's mm -hmm. doing. And, but he knows. Yeah. We know that he uses all things for good. And uh, he was opening another chapter. And for a kid who came from the background that I did to now be in law enforcement, um, and just a few years into it, I became a school resource officer. Mm -hmm. And it was still several years into that where I came to realize why I had gone through a lot of the stuff that I did as a kid. Yeah. I had questioned a lot as a kid, you know, I try to do the right thing all the time, do this, do that, but why does this happen? Mm -hmm. um, you know, why did my parents separate? Why did my dad and my stepmom separate? Why did um, all of these different things happen to me? Um, because there was a point well, in seventh grade that our family was homeless. Yeah, uh, We literally lived in a tent on the side of the river mm -hmm. in Washington State. Mm -hmm. And in the morning, my dad would bring us and drop us off in uh, at school. But uh, I would get out before the elementary kids did. So we had an abandoned car that was local, that close to the school, that I would go and wait for. And they would pick us all up mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, you know, but it's through those pains that... You have to get because there's somebody on the other side that needs you yeah. to have that experience. And I've been in front of many kids who have over the years have been talking about the lives that they have. And they've even shared with me, you know, my counselor's great. I mean, they want the best for me. But the truth is they've never had to one day worry about a meal or whether they've had it. Um, and, you know, I know there are kids now that have graduated um, that have gone to do great things like serve in our military because I was able to pour in my experience and just be open and vulnerable. And, but we need to be able to do that. We need to be able to be open and vulnerable about where we came from um, in the things that we overcome mm -hmm. because, again, God uses all things for good. And yeah. I know now that he put me through those situations because there's somebody that needed me down the road, and I've met many of them. I'm sure there's many more to come based on the experiences that I've been through. Mm -hmm. So it's very important for, for followers of Jesus to realize that in the time that you're going through some of these rough times, mm -hmm. it might be difficult. We know that God is always with us and can help us through all of it, but there is somebody that needs you on the other side of your mountain that oh, you need right. to do so that you can help them get through what they need. Yeah. And he's shown me over and over again. Yeah, that that's been the case. Man, that's so good. That's so good. And again, we don't we don't realize that, right? And when we're going through what we're going through, oftentimes we feel like, look, it's always going to be this way. 
Uh, we feel like things are never going to be different. Um, but the truth of the matter is, look, if, if God is in your life, if Jesus is in your life, you are going through what you're going through. Like, he will lead you through. And what a testimony. That's so good. Like, I don't think that was anywhere even in our notes, but that, man, that's so good um, hearing what, what God has brought you through. Um, and then even how he led you to become a police officer. And I, I, we're going to talk about that a little bit more in just a little bit. But, you know, when we, um, when we as a church hear them out, um, when we went to plant our campus in Spotsylvania County, uh, one of the things that we love to do when we first come into an area is we love to start serving the community. And I remember one day I was driving around and I saw all these signs placed around the community where it said sports camp, but then there was the, uh, the, the badge uh, for the Spotsylvania County Sheriff's Department posted on that. And it said free. I remember thinking, what is this? Is this some sort of uh, mini police officer training camp? Is this for, for like the troubled kids in the area? And I remember I went and actually looked up and I saw that it was an actual free sports camp, uh, basketball, I think baseball, soccer, football, all sorts of things and completely free for the community. I remember when I went there, I could not believe how many kids came out to this and that there was a sheriff's department that was putting on this huge summer camp free for kids in the community. So my question is, why? <laughs> like, why would the sheriff's department do something like that for kids in the community? And what is some of the impact you've seen happen through that? So... Our sheriff is absolutely committing to committed to serving our community. Mm-hmm. Um, we really are public servants, and you know our community has um, come around and placed school resource officers in our schools, um, so that one we can protect them during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is, most of what we do is about mentoring and building relationships That's with good. kids. Mm-hmm. I was one of those kids that didn't have that positive thing at certain parts of my life, and. A lot of times when kids come to the school, that's where they get it. And we hope that in many of those cases, it is the resource officers. And I can, I just have a whole bunch of stories that I know of where our officers have been involved and engaged and been able to make a difference. Well, it's kids being comfortable enough to share information um, about their abuse that they've been going through. Um, or share information about other kids that were having issues, whether it's mental health, because mm-hmm. it's a huge issue for us um, in our community, not just our community, society as a whole across the nation. Our mental health is, is huge, especially for our kids. So yeah. that's become a passion of mine. But the reason for the camps is the Sheriff's Office has actually offered camps for over 20 years. Yeah. Um, it was uh, the fewer camps that you mentioned. Um, but I was handed... Um, over taking on our our camps uh, for 2016-2017. At the time, there were several people that were were putting on the six sport camps at the time. Much of the equipment that we had was was borrowed um, from different schools and such. Um, And we had very low numbers of kids. They were trying to, you know, be selective of the kids that they interacted with to give them a positive place. We know a lot of our families in our community are struggling Mm -hmm. and have always been. And they can't necessarily afford to send their kid to camp through Parks and Rec or or some other sports league. So that was the reason it was started. But when it was handed over to me um, after being an SRO for many years, um, I realized that it was doing great things, giving us opportunity to build relationships with kids and giving them something to do over the summer. Mm-hmm. Many times when um, you leave kids with nothing else to do, they find things to do that they shouldn't be mm-hmm. doing. So it's it's a positive way, a free way 
Um, but it was when the I had this vision that, well, first off, it started with um, I, when I first took it over, everybody was a couple different pickup trucks. We had borrow equipment, put it in the back, take it out at the camp, have yeah. to load it up at the end of the day. At the night, you have to go put it back in your house so it doesn't get taken overnight. And mm-hmm. and when I came in, I, I said, we need to, we need, if we want to serve more kids, we're going to have to do this better. And yeah. I said, you know, we really need an enclosed trailer that we can put it in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, at the time, I and, and still, I attended LifePoint Church, and mm-hmm. it got put on my heart to reach out to the church and maybe, hey, they will... Uh, they could help, and, and, and right away they did. Mm-hmm. They said, yeah, absolutely, here you go, we're, we're there with you. And we were able to purchase an enclosed trailer That's that good. really sent a lot, saved a lot of manpower um, because you know, the sheriff's office doesn't have a budget to put on these kind of camps. It's not in our budget. That's mm-hmm. not that's not what it's about. Um, and we were talking, those camps were, were, were taking several hundred kids. Um, but as that came in, you know, that trailer, it made it easier for us. Mm-hmm. And then one day, um, again, LifePoint happened to be, this was before Mount Ararat came, LifePoint happened to be at the sheriff's office doing one of the serve the community breakfast things. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, I just want to let you guys see this trailer that you guys helped us do. So we did this Facebook Live um, that day and, and talked about the camps and what we do and how we offer them for the kids. And they're like, well, hey, this is awesome. We want it. How can else can we help you? And I had actually just told the sheriff, hey, it would be better if we had to own our own equipment yeah. for these camps. So we're not borrowing and things like that. Mm-hmm. And the church came through. Mm-hmm. The church, they showed up a couple of weeks later, $2,000 worth of gear. We had everything on the wish list so to cover good. all yeah. of everything we needed for all of those camps. Mm-hmm. And that is really where the seed came. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you guys, when you came, before you were even in Spotsylvania, mm-hmm. I didn't come calling you. You called us, uh-huh. said, hey, we're coming to the community. We see what you're doing. How can we help you? Mm-hmm. And that seed of generosity from the church mm-hmm. in the early part of me taking this over is really reaping a harvest. Yeah. After that moment, I came, okay, if we can do this, why can't we do more? Yeah. And I came up with a vision that, hey, Sheriff, well, I want to offer more camps to our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, we have these positions for our SROs, and over the summer they're normally found to do other things. In many jurisdictions, they're assigned to different departments, whether it's back to patrol or um, investigations. And to continue our mission, I'd like to expand our camps. So I had the idea that we would add six more camps. Mm-hmm. We ended up adding um, field hockey, lacrosse, cheer, STEM, mm-hmm. art, um, and softball, yeah. and the sheriff said, go for it. Yeah. And if the church did not, right behind, come back again between you guys stepping forward to say, how can we help you this year? The first year you came to me and you're like, hey, how can how can we help? And um, at that time we were purchasing uh, the pizzas yep. at a discounted rate. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, we're kind of in the middle of it already, but, um, you know, this is one of the costs we have. And you're like, we'll do it. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, these are the camps. These are the smaller camps. These are the bigger camps. Where do you want to help? And you're like, we'll take the three biggest camps you got. And mm-hmm. it actually ended up being like four. And uh, you guys did did great things for us to be able to come in and provide those pizza parties. Because each of the kids gets a snack each day, but we give them a pizza party at yeah. the end of each camp. So that vision led us in 2019 to offering 13 four-day camps oh gosh, yeah. that were at Attended total attendance was eighteen hundred and fifty. That's crazy. The kids spent over twenty one thousand hours with us, um, in a positive way, mm-hmm. and 
that vision only came from the small seed of generosity that came from the church in the very beginning. Yeah. I never would have had that vision had the, the church not come to say, hey, we can do it. So and you've continued to partner with us, um, as well as LifePoint and several others. But we knew even though we were serving that many kids, there was still a portion of kids that can't get there, mm -hmm. even though it's free. Mm -hmm. So I went to the sheriff with the idea that, hey, we some of these kids can't get there. We sent five of our resource officers to get their CDLs, mm -hmm. to drive buses to the neighborhoods that mostly needed to be able to pick up the kids that otherwise couldn't get there and drove them to and from camp. That's so good, man. And I'm not saying that there's not a jurisdiction somewhere that has a bigger program than ours, mm -hmm. but I will tell you I don't know of it. Yeah. Um, when I've spoken to other people around the state, we believe our summer program is the biggest around the state. Mm -hmm. And again, it's completely free. When I added up the total of the donations for camps in 2016, it was in the neighborhood of $25,000. That's awesome. And it cost nothing to our kids. Yeah. Um, and really, n other than the deputies itself, it didn't cost much mm -hmm. to the taxpayers either because of partnerships. Yeah. And that's where it's at. It's about serving our kids. And I can tell you that, again, that small seed of generosity that came from the church is what has expanded this vision. And God has used me to do it. It's not mine. Mm -hmm. um, the, I, I couldn't have come up with these ideas. I didn't come up with these partnerships. I didn't come up with these. God has led me to the right contacts in the right place or the right contacts coming to us like you guys did mm -hmm. right bef before you even came to Spotsylvania to make it a reality. Yeah, And that just continues to grow my vision as to what I want us to do in the future. Yeah, man, that is so good. I even love, first of all, I love it when um, multiple churches, like when churches come alongside what's happening in the community to make it happen. Like, there's something beautiful about that. I mean, that is a picture of God's kingdom, us coming together to make a difference. Like, there's something so good about that. I, mean, I love the fact that you said, you're like, hey, go get your CDLs. And then you're literally bringing people in as well. Like, that is so incredible. I mean, I, I, know, there's, I know there's more God has been laying on your heart um, that you kind of see the sheriff's department doing in the future. And maybe maybe what you feel comfortable sharing right now. I know sometimes like there's a vision and you can't like release some of that stuff yet, but what, what are maybe some things right now that you see down the road that, man, that you would just love to do to keep, you know, not just protecting the community, but serving the community? Well, we have, we have a great initiative that we're working on. Um, you know, it's important for people to realize that our deputies really are there yeah. to serve. And, you know, our officers are often put in, a lot of bad situations. They have to see a lot of things. and But we are there to serve and protect our community. And one of the things that is very important to me is the philosophy of community-oriented policing, mm -hmm. where we're able to look at the situation and and try to find the root causes of the, re the repetitive crime or drug use and things like that. And one of the, one of the other things that got put on my heart is that, hey, we see a portion of the population that has gotten in trouble before. They've made a mistake. They've ended up with a criminal record. And because of that, they can't get jobs. Yeah. And when they can't get jobs, they're stuck in a cycle, whether it be mental health, drug use, because they can't provide for their family, um, or it's just because they don't have the money to take care of their family and put a roof over their head. Um, I know as a father, I can't even imagine what it would be like if I, if I couldn't be able to support my family in that way. And, you know, a lot of these people have made mistakes, and after they've paid their time, we still think that because it doesn't just affect them, yeah. um, their families. We see the kids that are the product of 
parents that can't get jobs because they've gotten in trouble. So I went to the sheriff with the idea because our sheriff in Spotsylvania has a great relationship with businesses in our yeah. community. And, you know, I know there are a lot of them that believe in offering some of these opportunities. So what we're working on right now is what I'm calling the community hiring partnership, mm-hmm. where we're looking for businesses in our community that would be willing to offer opportunities of employment mm-hmm. to those with barriers, such as prior criminal offenses. Mm-hmm. But what we don't want to happen, because a lot of these folks with uh, criminal records, they can go tell a business, hey, I have this criminal record, this is what I've done, and they say, okay, we'll hire you. And then halfway through the day, they call them back and they said, oh, we have to let you go, we got your background check. Yeah. That didn't tell them anything new. It only told them what they had already admitted to in the first place, and then they let them go. Um, but many of these people, when I've been talking to employers, when they do hire them, because it's not always an opportunity easy for them to get, they're sometimes some of the most loyal employees. Yeah. And so we're working on that um, with the vision that I have to create a database, because there are, there, are, there are lists out there for people. We hire felons or we do this or that. But we want to give the businesses the control in this, in this situation. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a database that's going to match businesses based on the level that they're comfortable with of offenses. Mm-hmm. So it's not an all or nothing. Um, you know, and a lot of times it depends on the type of work they do. They might not be able to allow people with certain offenses to, to get a job, but others they can. So in creating this database, I've been told that it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost a lot of money, like $25,000. Mm-hmm. And God came through. Mm-hmm. God put me in, 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 in front of a, somebody in a conversation that led me to someone else in a conversation that led me to speaking to Dean at University of Mary Washington, mm-hmm. who led me speaking to associate professor at University of Mary Washington, who has chosen to put together a team of kids that from the, from the college that are actually working on the development of this program for That's our community. Cool. Uh, another thing I want to do, and I can't take credit for it, I want to steal the idea, Norfolk Police Department, mm-hmm. um, they actually have a... Uh, an ice cream truck Mm -hmm. where they drive it around over the summer and they give away ice cream to kids just as Mm -hmm. a positive interaction for 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 the kids is it just for kids or if you drive to my neighborhood and i come out if i drive to your neighborhood and you're out there you can get some ice cream all right you know so that's that's one thing i would love to do um and hopefully at some point you know we've reached out to uh, a local dealership and they're looking to see if there's a way if they can come through with it yeah but it's going to come through. I know God's going to come through. He's yeah. going to, he, he gave me the vision, so it'll come through. And, you know, we've already had partnerships. Lidl had already came, stepped up and, we, and said, hey, if you can get this thing, we'll mm-hmm. give you ice cream every summer. Mm. Um, so we do, we do have a local um, partner that uh, has come forward to say, hey, I know we don't have an ice cream truck yet for you, but we're buying an enclosed trailer that we use for our food ministry, mm-hmm. and you guys can use it anytime you want over the summer um, to hand out ice cream. So we might be able to get there this summer to start giving out some ice cream. It won't be out of a sheriff's office ice cream truck, um, but that's just some other ways. We also plan to go into our community over this summer on some Fridays and other things, um, just into different neighborhoods, roll off basketball hoops, um, soccer goals, cornhole, some snacks, um, we did this earlier this year with school supplies, mm-hmm. um, but it's about finding the needs in the community and finding ways to serve them. Yeah. And, you know, right now in the middle of this pandemic, there are a lot of people that have food needs mm-hmm. and we know working in the schools, there's a lot of families that are struggling. So we, at the sheriff's office, we partnered with the Fredericksburg Regional Food Bank and in partnered with them, our SROs on two Wednesdays in November and two Wednesdays in, in uh, February delivered food boxes directly to the houses of those families in need. That's so good. 
3,500 food boxes, mm -hmm. 105,000 pounds of food, over 130,000 meals was delivered directly to the families most in need yeah. by our resource officers in, good, in, at the sheriff's office. So again, it's about finding a need, meeting the need. Um, we are part of the community. My kids attend these schools. Mm -hmm. uh, many, most of our officers live in these communities. These are our communities. It's our community. Yeah. Um, it's not like we're coming from somewhere else to police someone else. So we really do want the best. And, mm -hmm. you know, the community actually does come forward and, and support us greatly in that. And we are grateful for all of the support from all the businesses because it's only with that that, that we can be as successful with everything that we continue to do. Mm -hmm. That's so good, man. And that actually leads right into um, the last question I want to ask you today. Um, you know, right now, I think there is probably lots of maybe some confusion or even tension right now in the country about what police officers um, are either called to do or supposed to do. And especially if you're watching the news or the media, you would think that every police department and every police officer is what's being portrayed in the media. Um, again, I've never seen a, a, a sheriff's department, police department, um, you know, serve the community like you guys do. So if you were to speak to the people of Spotsylvania County, um, you know, that you serve and protect, and maybe even someone out there who's maybe confused about what a police officer is called to do, what would you like to say to them? What would you want them to know? I think it's very important for them to know that the vast majority of our police officers that serve really do have the best intentions. Um, there's a lot of situations where officers are placed in, in circumstances where they have to make decisions, and um, there, there will be times people are going to have to judge those particular situations. I am always comfortable in, in saying that I can't always speak to every other jurisdiction, but I can speak to Spotsylvania. And I know that in Spotsylvania, we strive hard to meet the needs of our community um, and in all areas. Um, building relationships is super important. And even in this time of tension, it's, it's still our, that's still our goal is to go serve our community. And the vast majority of people still support it. And I would just ask that when there are isolated incidents, it's important for us to address those in the proper proper way, mm -hmm. but not without acknowledging that we still are moving forward. I hate for something like that to prevent the progress that we are doing. And the other big thing that I'm proud of that many people don't realize is for the last six years, it's been my passion to address juvenile justice reform. Sending our kids through the court system for every case is not the best way for many of these kids to to learn the lesson or be held accountable. And, you know, a lot of times you turn on the media and it looks like the cops are trying to throw everybody in jail, especially resource officers. A lot of jurisdictions are fighting to pull resource officers out of their schools. Um, that would be horrible for our kids. And I can tell you, I have been the biggest advocate in the county for the last six years to change that. It is our resource officers and our sheriff's office, above everybody else, that's been advocating for it. And I can tell you that after six years, we are finally getting there. We had a meeting, and a lot of our uh, our kids are going to start being moving into restorative justice conferencing um, rather than being sent to court. Um, we know that the juvenile justice system, a kid that goes through the court system, has about an 83% chance of reoffending. Mm -hmm. um, but many people think that is the, the tough way to be tough on crime. Let's, let's send them to court. But the court process doesn't necessarily even require them to accept responsibility for what sure. they did. They could be found guilty even 
make do community service or whatever it is and never have to admit what they did was wrong. With restorative justice, it's about fixing the harm that's been done mm -hmm. and teaching the kid a lesson. Mm -hmm. And I just challenge everybody to accept that that's actually tougher on crime than putting him in jail oh, because sure. studies have shown less than a 10% recidivism rate mm -hmm. when kids go through restorative justice. So, and, and, and in Fairfax, their program is showing a 99% uh, acceptance rate from the victims involved in crimes. Mm -hmm. So that is the better, and I would say it's a tougher way of dealing with juvenile crime, but it's not about giving them a criminal record. Mm -hmm. So we, we really do have advocates, um, especially in Spotsylvania, that are advocating to, to change some of these things, that we, the issues that we know exist in our community. But the problem is most people don't talk about the positive things that we do. Yeah. The media is really quick to be on a mistake that you've made. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be very frustrating for me because I know all of the efforts. And what I've spoke to here has just been a very slight, small yeah. sliver yeah. of everything that the sheriff's office does every year, oh, all man. year, over and over again. But the media doesn't cover that. Mm -hmm. And so the, often the way that we have to share what we are doing that's good is on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And guess what? The people that really need to hear it are probably not friends of the sheriff on <laughs> sure, Facebook. Yeah. So, you know, help of the media, help of everybody out there that can share, because you can, you know, if I didn't know better and I wasn't living in it and I just sat back and watched the TV, I would have a different opinion. And, you know, I would probably sometimes be uncomfortable with the way things are going. Yeah. But I know in the real world, in, at least in Spotsylvania, yeah. that you have a department and a sheriff who is completely committed to doing what we can to serve the needs of our community in all of these areas. And again, we've talked about just a small sliver of it. Mm -hmm. That's good, man. Well, man, I, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to be here today. Um, personally, I want to say that you are a picture of John chapter 10, verse 10. Like Jesus said, look, I, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he says, I've come that they may experience life to the full. And man, I think you are helping to fulfill Jesus's agenda and help people experience life to the full. And I also want to say on behalf of the Mount, man, we believe in what the Sheriff's Department is doing um, and in the big vision that he's put in your heart um, to be able to continue to make a difference in the community. And I want to say that we are for you. And on behalf of the Mount, I have a gift here under my keyboard. This is a check for $4,000 oh that God. we want to give to these community initiatives that you're doing. So use that to continue to help the vision move forward as well. So. Oh, my God. I am beyond ecstatic. I Never even expected that for a moment today, but I can promise you that the vision that God has put in my heart will only be able to continue to grow by the generosity of, of the church, and I promise you that we will put this to, to good use to make a difference. I know you will, man. Thank man, you Thank you again much. for joining us. Hey, and thank you for joining us for this ninth episode of What's the Difference? Hey, don't make sure you don't miss the next episode. Be sure, again, to hit that like or subscribe button, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or right here on YouTube. And don't miss the next episode of What's the Difference? Thank you for tuning in to What's the Difference? Click on subscribe to make sure you get the next episode with Pastor Andrew. Connect with us for more resources and information on how you can make a difference at mtarrat.org. See you at the mound.